She's a former public school teacher turned stay-at-home mom. He's a talk show host who's made a career covering politics from afar. Now, Christine Stegall and her husband Chris have chosen a new path forward for their child in Christian education. Join them as they explore and experience this important alternative in education for the first time. Welcome to Making the Leap. In 1962, when the Supreme Court of the United States ruled against prayer in school, children went in one generation from blessing their teachers, it was actually a blessing over teachers, to cursing their teachers. Well, welcome in to another edition of Making the Leap. I hope you're settled in and buckled in for this one. It's brief, but let me tell you something. I Seriously, I hope you brought your seatbelt. You, <laughs> uh, you haven't seen this yet. I had the chance to talk with uh, my talk radio colleague, Dennis Prager, okay. a oh, little earlier. Okay, okay. Now, Dennis um, has many opinions about many things. He's a brilliant man. He's written <laughs> countless books. He's right. a theologian. He's been on the radio for decades. Uh, I admire him tremendously. Okay. Dennis and I were together about a month ago yeah. in Philadelphia, and he said some really great things about the state of public education today. And so, uh, with the limited time I had with him, we connected, and I thought you would enjoy hearing what Dennis has to say about public education, where it's going, and how we steer out of the mess we find ourselves in today. So, without further ado, and then I want your comments on this in just a minute, so take notes. Uh, Here it is, my brief chat with uh, Dennis Prager. Dennis, you were kind enough to give us your time um, last month. You came to Philadelphia you and I sat on stage and you talked about school choice. We, we talked about educating our youth. I mean, I, I, I suspect when you're talking about conflicts like these, <laughs> well, let me ask you that first. What do you think most kids are taught about conflicts like, like these, the Middle East and Israel generally today in public school? You, you didn't need to add about conflicts like these. Just, you could have stopped with Dennis, what do you think kids are taught? Because I already had, I, I had an answer, nothing. Okay. They're yeah. taught almost nothing. I, I devoted an hour of my show today to, of all places, a New York Times article about how little they are learning because among other reasons, there's great inflation and you can no longer get rid of uh, rowdy students. In, in my corrupt state of California, which Californian corruption is redundant, <laughs> the, uh, there is now a rule, you cannot dismiss rowdy students. I saw this. Willful defiance is allowed. Is allowed Willful now. defiance is allowed, yes. So I said this as long as I have been broadcasting 40 years. In 1962, when the Supreme Court of the United States ruled against, uh, against prayer in school, Children went in one generation from blessing their teachers, it was actually a blessing over teachers, to cursing their teachers. The left has created this entire issue. They have ruined our schools because if one knows only one thing about modern life, one should know this. Everything the left touches, it destroys. Schools is one example. Do you believe we have to rest education away from the Marxist uh, in our midst in order to save the future of the country? I mean, our youth and our young people, if they're not taught properly, is there any way to save the 
the country fundamentally? No, not really. And so the, the question is, how do you do that? And one is school choice. Another is school boards. And my favorite is get them the hell out of the entire system and let it collapse so that we can build something beautiful. In the meantime, the most wonderful thing people could do for this country is homeschool their children. You said something really, I think, uh, important, but provocative, because I don't know if anybody had ever heard, heard it before. You specifically mentioned the role of women today in this educational crisis. Uh, I don't know if you recall having said what you said, but if you do. Of course, I wrote a whole, I wrote a whole column on it. People can find it on the internet. Please, I stand by this. Women are playing a, a wildly disproportionate role in ruining children. I don't mean Ooh. as mothers. I mean uh, as uh, people in the education system, people advocating uh, that we teach children that they're not boys or girls. They'll determine whether they're a boy or a girl. Drag queen story hour. Uh, the uh, the death of standards in education because we don't want any kid to think uh, ill of himself if he only has a 50, a grade of 50, so we'll pass him anyway. This is overwhelmingly done by women. 85% of librarians are women. That's where many drag queen story hours are take, uh, taking place. Uh, about 85% uh, or so of kindergarten teachers are women. A vast majority of school principals are women. The vast majority of elementary school teachers are women. And if we have no problem acknowledging that men disproportionately commit violent crime, if we care about honesty and we don't fear what the left will say about us, because you can't be honest if you fear the left, because truth is not a left-wing value, then you will just as readily acknowledge the disproportionate role women are playing in hurting children. That's Dennis Prager. That's as honest and as raw as it gets. Dennis, you started PragerU, I think, with education in mind, did you not? And it's, of course, it's exploded, and uh, it's now curriculum across the country. Well, across the country, from your mouth to God's ears, but certainly in states, in certain states across the country. I, I'll Texas, give an example. Think, right? I'm sorry. Yes, Texas. New, new Texas. Yes, uh, oh. that's the next one. Yes, Oklahoma. And uh, and Florida, I think uh, New Hampshire. So I, I just will leave you and your listeners with this. Anyone who wants to understand the Middle East would do better watching all the PragerU videos, and they're all only five minutes on the Middle East, and there are about 20 of them, than going for a graduate degree in Middle Eastern studies. I know this because I... I went to graduate school at the Middle East Institute of Columbia University, studied Arabic and Hebrew, and I've been to that area of the world many times. And I can tell you, you will learn more about the Middle East dispute watching PragerU videos than getting a PhD in Middle East studies at Princeton. And listening to your show. Let's not forget your show. Thank you. Dennis Prager, it's a pleasure. Thank you, sir. You're a joy. So there you go. That's um, <laughs> that's. I, I warned you. I said, buckle up. I know. He, I was kind of like, what do I? Yeah. Hold he on, minced hold on. no words, did he? No, he did not. But that's. I think that's 
the so value of somebody say? like him, right? Women. Women. Let's oh, take that one that's first. That's where you want to go first? Oh, I was just dying. <laughs> I was dying to hear what you... Yeah. Look, you said a couple of shows ago. I did. Go ahead. A couple of shows ago, you made sort of a glib comment about women generally. Um, if you want, I don't want to put words in your mouth, no. so you, you, you tackle it again. What did you say? Well, I would like to not go back to what I said because it was a little awkward. But what I, I want women to understand they have an important role to play right now. Like women, I think women, moms, leaders, we have a job to do. And he basically just said there's a whole bunch of them doing a job and they're wrecking everything, right? <laughs> so. What I, He did not include what he, what he, I think, if my memory serves, he said last month, in addition to the things he said pretty aggressively there, was that women used to be seen as the most fierce protectors of mm -hmm. children. I agree. And right. this kind of predatory behavior, this kind of mental torture, this kind of yeah. weird sexual perversion stuff that kids are finding yeah. themselves talking about, that was stuff that usually was associated with men, men, and we usually threw men out of polite society for doing mm -hmm. that to children. His argument was that now it's prim primarily right. driven by women. So, so that's... And He's right. You have to acknowledge that when you talk about the amount of women that are in education. So from a number standpoint, it is women because women are in the education arena. So I will absolutely I do agree. You have to. There's no way around that. The numbers numbers don't lie on that. So that's fair. And that's true. I would respectfully counter that just a bit because I think it is also women uh, such as Riley Gaines, for example, right, who are coming forth and leading the charge to combat it. And that is what I meant a few weeks ago when we were talking. I feel like we have this this group of women that it's like you always call it like squawking, create like that, you know, nonsense talk, right? Because it is nonsense. What, what a lot of these well. teachers are saying in the public school sector, what they are saying in libraries, he's not wrong on any of that. Like that is incorrect. It is a bunch of nonsense. It's empty talk and it is being combated by women, Moms for Liberty. We have organizations full of women, um, uh, the IWF, you know, they're coming forth to combat it. So yes, in education, I think that's true. But the antidote, I think, is also full of women. Not that men aren't in there. Well, I just think it's being I, met well. I would add weak men. I don't think mm -hmm. it's purely driven by women who are encouraging this kind of thing. I think it's also facilitated mm -hmm. by extremely emasculated, weak men. Yes, I think there's, yes, I would agree 100%. And I also do think there is another factor or a faction, I would say, in there with men and women who are told, and we've been told and told and told, just go along to get along. Sit down, be quiet, shut up. And so now there's like this push, you know, this big, I would call it a collective roar from all different ends of um, public education, family education, religious education, where they are saying no more, where men are um, being asked to be strong male leaders, where uh, women... I've seen more men since we have talked to Christian educators. I've seen more men in Christian education than I ever did in public school public education. School. And I don't know if that's anecdotal, I, but that's well, what I and It might be. It might be because I, I look around. I'm I'm thrilled when I look around where our daughter is at and I see the prevalence of men and they're some are quiet. Some are, you know, a little bit more. I don't know what the word not bombastic, but they're more um, they're louder. They're, you know, they're more whatever. We have a lot of variety of personality, but they are Christian men leading yep. and that we need. I mean, they even have I, I think it's called like a 
men being men's weekend or something. Yeah. And it's for like boys and dads and like coming together. And I it think matters. that it absolutely does. And so he's not, you know, when, when Dennis is saying those things, I, I agree. I'm also on, I'm in groups and I'm on sites with talking about, you know, books and libraries. And my heart goes out specifically to a lot of librarians. I'm sure there's a different word for them too in different places that are like, how do I get some of these books off our shelves in our public libraries? How do I get them off our shelves in school libraries? So they're, they are trying, they are trying, but man, the push against the ones that are wrecking things. That's tough. That's tough to combat, but he's, but it's, I, I, you know, I take a little bit of offense because I, I know these women, I, I know them. Well, I don't, I don't want to take offense well, at it. That's I would not say, right. But. I, just in, in his defense, I think what he's saying is those pushing this agenda are women, but that right. is not to right. say all women are no. pushing this agenda, no. right? And I would that's, say there, and again, just like anything else, it's always, I think, a loud, loud minority oh. That makes it seem like everybody. So when you talk about 85% of the population of the workforce in, in education is women, true. Um, I would say there's that small chunk that is louder than the remaining chunk. And that remaining chunk is who I wish I could get a hold of more and just say, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, and I think they're trying. You know, we know a lot of people in public education that are trying and so, they're doing things. Uh, here's the other one that I want to ask you about. Maybe you made notes, but I, I was dying I to ask you. He said, you know, I believe, I know you believe, uh, the, the reason we're here, the reason we're doing this is because, I, well, I've told my radio show listeners, I don't believe you can save the country until you save kids in, in mm-hmm. education. Mm-hmm. I, th- there is no point in discussing the future of the country if children don't understand what makes our country special mm-hmm. and how to govern right. uh, and what self-governance is and natural rights. If children aren't taught that, then the country's lost. I believe right. that. I think Dennis does, too. I think you do, too. Right. Um, he went one further, though. He said he not only wants to see the whole system implode, <laughs> he says he thinks it's best that everybody's homeschooled. I, I Yes, I did. I did write that down. <laughs> so? So, you know, I, I raise my eyebrows at it, but I don't even necessarily disagree, I will say. No. You know, because... And we're not anti-homeschool no, here. I, I'm, we, we no, I'm... No, that's what I wanted... That's and, what I was thinking about, because we have said multiple times, if we you know, knew then what we knew now, we would have changed the whole thing. And I would have homeschooled yeah. all of them. It, I wouldn't have thought or looked too hard. I don't think at private school, I would have just done what I kind of knew I probably should have been doing and I didn't do it. Right. So I think that is fair. And that is true because you still can't, you can't escape that what we have our daughter in, what tons of people, you know, uh, private school, it's still a system. Yep. It's still a system with leadership. It's still a system with um, bureaucracy involved. You still have to kind of check the boxes. You don't have a lot of freedom in there. So I think that's okay. But on, on the flip side, um, I think the other option then to say is if it's not homeschool, then you better be invested wherever you have your kids. So I think that's, you know, I don't know. He, I agree, disagree a little bit with it, but I'd rather say let the public school system fall apart or get yourselves in there and invest in a way that doesn't have you cowering to a a mob that is just yammering, right? Get yourself in there in a way, whether it's a private school or a public school or whatever. But I, at the same time, when he was saying homeschool and I started thinking about all the different ways, all the different people we've talked to who are homeschooling, who do recognize that is, that is, he's not wrong. That is the only way you will be able to 
100% without any interruptions or interference control. affect and control and disseminate information that needs to be disseminated. He, you know, he was talking, you had asked him about what are kids in school being taught about, um, you know, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict mm -hmm. in, in my head <laughs> before he even answered. I kind of half laughed and I thought, well, nothing. And then he answered it, nothing, but he was going down a different way. But yeah. I, then I kind of thought, no, I bet they are being taught. They're being taught that we're all Everyone's equally yeah. at fault. This is the problem, you know, da, da 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 And they're still... I know that they are. I've you know, seen the letters. Parents have sent me letters from that, superintendents that man, say... Man, so maybe not nothing. They're being taught something that's harmful and incorrect. Yeah. And that's a really big red flag. Um, but then I think, you know, as a teacher... I don't know that I would have wanted to go down that path. I don't know that I could have gone down that path to teach my students the information because it all has to be this big, you know, you all have to be similar across the board. So that's well, a hard look, thing I mean, to do. Pop, you look at popular culture. I, I noticed um, in terms of this, this war uh, and, and Hamas attacking Israel, Pink, the artist Pink, yeah. who hates pro-life people and right. said she doesn't want pro-life right. people attending oh, her concerts. Oh, gosh, the hypocrisy. Well, now uh, she puts out a, a post on X and she says, oh, I don't want anybody to think I was flying the Israeli flag at concerts. Please, please, no, no, that would be horrible if you thought that that's... Apparently she was taking all kinds of... And lots of celebrities are taking all kinds of incoming mm -hmm. from their fans who... I, I don't know if their position is Israel has it coming or whatever, but it's like, and I don't mean to get into geopolitics no, and here. And they but probably don't have, I don't fully have but a 100% this, is, a 100 popular culture. this is what yes. popular culture is, and this is what most, I think, public schools are teaching yes. kids. Both sides yes. have a story. And right. I mean, almost this tone of Israel had the yes. slaughter coming, and I, I find and that. And that's horrible. But, right. And it's a weird, it's a weird topic, all of it, yeah. because then you can launch right into the Let comparison me, with, right, with right to life and what's happening there. And none of that is being taught Let in me, a way that parents would want to. So we brought up this particular very important story because I this this to me, without even getting into any other issues, this is Katie bar the door. This, this will be the nail in the coffin of public education if this takes root across the country as Gavin Newsom has just uh, signed off and implemented on willful defiance being perfectly tolerated. Uh, and again, the story, if you didn't hear it, Dennis and I were talking about it earlier, by July of next year, it will be illegal for public schools in California to suspend students for behavior issues. Signed into legislation by Governor Gavin Newsom, it will be banned. All public schools will be banned from punishing or suspending those engaged in willful defiance, K through 12 in all of California. Now, that will single-handedly destroy public education. That makes it no more than prison. It's a prison system at that point. If teachers are not able to deal with willfully defiant children, that's it. Your kids that cannot is, learn then. It's such, I read that, and I had heard that a little bit. That is such a slap in the face to any teacher. I've been on the end of dealing with specifically three students that I can remember. I mean, I, I know there were more, but there were three specific ones. Um, 
one of them we actually ended up in legal proceedings over. So all three of those were doing things that were threatening either to the to the teachers or to the students or in some cases actually hurt a teacher. If you cannot have a student like that out, I don't and I do not care. I don't care if it's a kindergarten age, I don't care if it's elementary, I don't care if it's high school. If you cannot remove students to allow the learning to occur with all the other students, it's done. There is, you have to, as the teacher go in there and you are the authority, which, you know, we've seen it can be problematic, but at the same time, if you don't have that authority, if you don't have that leadership and that control in your classroom, you've lost it. There's no learning that is going to happen. So for him to do that, I really feel like number one, he's completely ignorant on how education actually works. Um, And number two, I, I think he's, he's discounting what, what has to happen just across the board in education. We have to see a shift back because the defiance, um, the, uh, the obnoxiousness, the, it's not even just the rudeness, but I mean, dangerous situations. You can't have those happening at all. It it consumes every minute of the day. Right. It would consume every minute of a teacher's day. And it already day. probably yeah. is. So yeah. the fact that they went so far the other way and said, we're just not going to kick anybody out. Well, oh, my goodness. How are you supposed to get anything done? And why is a parent now are you going to send your kid anywhere where they're not going to be safe? Safety is what everyone's screaming and yelling about. Safe space, safe, 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 safe. Well, they're not safe when they've got the child, the student, or in some cases, if you have a 16 or 17, you have a mini adult, a grown full-sized person in that classroom causing a disruption and you can't do anything, your hands are tied, goodbye. No way. Teachers will not stay for that. One more story that I just kind of wanted to bring to your attention before we wrap up today, uh, just because I thought it notable, and I don't know if I brought this up on a previous show, but it's worth revisiting again, and that is the question that the Daily Mail asks, is a college degree even a good investment anymore? Um, that is K through 12 education. You send them on to college, ideally, or a lot of people think that that's what you should do. Is that worth, is that worth your time and taking on debt? And they ask the question because Walmart, one of the biggest employers in the country, even at an executive, executive level, a senior level, Walmart is now talking about axing degree requirements from hundreds of their corporate job descriptions. And if if companies like Walmart start to do that, then you would imagine it's a domino effect. Are we seeing a tide now shifting, too, in those out there hiring kids coming out of school um, or or not going to school? Kids coming out of high school, maybe, or having other real-life, real-world experiences, trade schools. People are able to take corporate jobs with places like Walmart without college at all. I wonder if that will become... A trend, a thing. I don't know. I, I hope, hope so. I hope it does. I hope there's I, there's a lot of value to working your way up in a company. You know, I mean, that was always the. Um, we have a friend who has no college degree. I'm interrupting you, but yeah. I just want to say we have a friend that mm-hmm. who j- literally just lost his job, right. has no college degree, right? And said every time he applied, that was one of the hurdles. Mm-hmm. Now he's he's, he's as qualified. He's, right. he's he our has age. years of experience. He's gonna he's far more qualified. That's what I was gonna say. He's he's far more qualified in that industry than the 22 year old or 23 year old yes. coming into the company. And so for that reason and that reason alone, I totally support what Walmart is doing. Now I do think there's value to knowing your trade, knowing your craft. Um, I would not want somebody who didn't have some sort of background in, you know, as a teacher or a doctor or a nurse, you know, there are things, I think degrees and studying and learning are super important. However, 
if you are in a company like a Walmart or perhaps a Target, um, restaurant management, you learn so much more on the ground in the business to work your way up than somebody who comes in who thinks they have all the, you know, all these fancy tools, um, no, you don't actually. Well, you, you know, look, we did a couple of episodes ago. We talked about, um, you know, getting a, an MBA in middle school. Middle school, right? You know, we're going to be talking, I, I know, in weeks to come uh, with those who are in the trades and teaching mm-hmm. through a Christian perspective. Yep. Um, there's a lot of learning going on that well, has nothing we, to do with going to a four year institution. Right. And also the idea, too, that a lot of it is becoming not necessary as you have things like dual enrollment. We have, you know, one of our kids is taking multiple classes, um, taking a class in high school that takes care of his class in college. He doesn't need to go to that college for it anymore. There's a lot of different ways. And that's one of the neat things that as as I think as education as the system itself breaks apart, there's going to be some really cool stuff that rises up from the ashes. And I think it's things like the school that we're going to be talking to, or, you know, for example, we'll be talking later on with uh, Carrie Ingraham again about um, college simulated learning, which actually takes place in high school um, with the whole hybrid model. And we have to provide those opportunities. If we're going to break the school system down, if it's going to actually fall apart or implode as it is, we have to have the alternatives to it. And I think that includes higher education too. I think it's on its way. I think it's coming. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Uh, Dennis was uh, a treat for us to throw in the mix. Spicy, was he not? He was. But I I really, I do, I have gone to his videos. I mean, he's not kidding. They're five minutes and I can watch them and they've got pictures and they've got the thing. And I have to, I use that sometimes to take it in because this, the Israel-Palestinian, that's, Conflict, that's a great example of there's so much to know. There's no way to know it all. Breaking it down in small chunks is important. I, I but also like the what idea, he does. The idea that you can't teach it to your kid. Well, right. I mean, yeah, sure, right. sure you can. Of course, of course you, you can, can. And those yeah. videos and can help and mm-hmm. uh, so many other tools. You know, Topics. Uh, he has all kinds of topics with his PragerU videos. So at any rate, I hope you'll give this a five-star review if you're so inclined. If you listen on Spotify or uh, uh, Apple Podcast, leave it a five-star review, maybe a written review, and let us know your thoughts. People can reach out, too, and pitch ideas. We're starting to get increasingly more pitched ideas mm-hmm. here, are we not? Which I, I love. I was yeah. sitting here earlier making a list of who connected us with whom, you know, and how we're going to talk with them, um, bringing them into Herzog. Bring, I, it's just, it's exciting watching. So how do people do that? We've got the link in there. Are, all the links are below. I'm sending emails to us. Hello at, I, I think the way, or I know the email is down below, but hello at Making the Leap Podcast. Um, that's always a great way to reach out send it to us and we will respond, start throwing ideas around and we look forward as always to having you with us. Thanks so much. Making the Leap is a podcast presentation courtesy of the Herzog Foundation. Please rate and comment on the show as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you next time on Making the Leap.